Welcome to the Q1 radio sales event on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Now, look, we picked these words in our title very, very purposefully. This episode is titled Digital Profit and You. Well, listen, the purpose of our podcast is to encourage radio pros at all levels and our quarterly sales event. These are no exception. They are designed to encourage local radio sellers anywhere to create opportunities that rev up their own sales this quarter. My co-host for this sales event is somebody that we know pretty well. He is an expert at selling, an expert at managing sellers, and an expert at growing revenue. He is the president of CD Media Consulting, and that is Chris Fleming. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, Lloyd, thank you. Happy 2024. I appreciate you getting the band back together and gearing us up to talk about revenue development for this year. Oh, let's talk about why we have a planned roundtable for each of our special sales events. Now, we do these quarterly, which means every quarter we're doing something to encourage local sellers everywhere. Listen, there are enough experts. You can find them speaking from up on high about how you could improve your sales. We don't want to be those experts. That's not what we're after. We've invited experts actively doing this work. So we don't want it to be just us. We're armed with some pretty great uh, experts ourselves for this episode. Uh, We also don't want you to think that we're simply sharing encouraging good thoughts because that is not a good plan to help sellers. We want you to see captains of sales and sales management in the field today applying solutions to problems that you are having in your local radio market. This is the real world. It's not a classroom. It's not a seminar. Today's revenue warriors are Joe Brown. He is the digital sales manager for Cumulus Media in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Shar Hermanson. And listen, she's the executive vice president of Midwest Family in Madison. Both of these experts will probably wow you this evening. They have wowed us on different occasions. If you are hearing this through one of our shares in social media, we do that all the time. You're actually hearing the audio from the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and the recording of this live event is shared almost immediately after we record these events, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events at JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. You and I both know that every single programming consultant focuses on music, station architecture, talent coaching, and marketing, except one. The one, they focus on improving all of those things in programming. Of course, you want that, just like other programming consultants. But we also help local radio owners market managers, and sales managers leverage those improvements into more sales. We help them develop the talent that they really worry about, sales talent, and help them encourage their team toward growth. Even our name means Pathway to Money, Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. First consultation is free. We're always confidential. 
Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. You know, digital is kind of a slippery slope, isn't it? Today, we're going to zero in on how to focus on digital profit and you. Let's talk about our guest. Lloyd, you're going to really enjoy what you hear from our first guest. She has over 25 years in radio, billboards, newspaper, digital. She believes in the consultative approach and becoming business partners with each client rather than being seen simply as a vendor. In her current role, she is the Executive Vice President for Midwest Family Broadcasting in Madison, Wisconsin. Please welcome Char Hermanson. Welcome, Char. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, I think both of you are going to be excited about our other guest today, too. His name is Joe Brown. Look, he's been with us before. And after this event, you can source his interview in our archive. That's where we really first got to be really impressed by his passion for digital and sales. Uh, Look, Joe started selling early and just like Char, uh, way before radio. uh, But look, When he found radio, Joe seemed to come along at really the perfect time to match right up and sync up with digital. First at Connoisseur Media and now with Cumulus Media. He's the digital sales manager in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. His name is Joe Brown. Hi, Joe. Lloyd, Chris, Shar, and rock and roll guys ready to go. All right, Joe. In 2024, I wonder if you could define what falls into digital revenue. For your operations and what percentage of the revenue pie does this represent for you? Sure. So we really look at it as two categories in what we do. Uh, we look at it as a what we call C-suite accumulus, which is really a lot of programmatic services, things like display ads, uh, native pre-roll, OTT, uh, social ads, things like that. Um, and then we look at it as what we refer to uh, lovingly as O&O, owned and operated, right? where we leverage our listeners and our DJs, our, our two key assets. So we do that through you know, station web banner, station audio pre-roll, online context, text blast, uh, you name it. Those are the two types of things that we do. It either falls into that programmatic or it falls into that owned and operated bucket. Each of them has their own purpose and each is equally important to kind of our digital book of business, which in 2023 accounted for about 30% um, of all local revenue in the Allentown market. Nice. And and so 30%, that's a pretty good number, wouldn't you say, Chris? It is. And I think it's a great place to start. Sharf, with you, what falls into digital revenue with your company and what percent of, of the revenue is that for you? Sure. So we focus on programmatic, targeted display, search engine optimization, pay-per-click, targeted email, OTT is really risen up for us. Video is real strong. Um, We have merged with a website development company. So that's another big opportunity for our sellers. Podcast, um, paid social, station socials, those things all in. We're at about 20% of our revenues. Now, by end of year, we're definitely pacing toward 25%. But right now, we're solid at 20. Wonderful. So let's continue on this path because we've all heard of the 80-20 rule, and I don't think digital services are immune to that law. Do you find you have to have 10, 20, or 30 offerings just to sell three or five, or is it more simplified than that? Well, what we are noticing is how we start with our customers is we do 
the client needs analysis, right? And then we figure out what their budget is. And then we use the budget to determine the tactics. Um, we do consult with Burrell and Associates, and they tell us what is the effective spend in OTT, what's the effective spend in all of these different tactics. So then we determine what the budget is going to be with those tactics for them. Um, you, you do need a couple digital tactics, right? It's it's just like when you're top of funnel and you're trying to figure out how to get that um, top of mind share for them. Usually, you know, sometimes you can do it with one radio station. Sometimes you do it with one TV station and one radio station. So we really look at um, the goals for our clients and then we make the recommendations based on that. Right now, our standard mix would be two or three products is a standard mix. Nice. What about you, Joe? Do you have 10, 20, or 30 offerings? You know, I know that sounds crazy, but it really doesn't. Are you mostly selling uh, more focused more often? What happens with you? So when you are using the word offerings, I'm going to relate it to tactics. So pure standalone tactics, sure. You know, we have, you know, anywhere of 20 plus, but pretty similar to what Shar is saying. It's, it's interesting that we align. I always say that our sellers don't sell things that they don't understand because they don't want to look foolish in front of clients. So we really are the key for us. We found to be successful really for our sellers is that they need to focus on two or three key offerings that are essentially like bundles. And so we never have anything that's that's cookie cutter, but we want them to take something, maybe a step back from the individual tactics and work their sales process where they're focused on the client's objective. And then ultimately the client's target audience to achieve that objective, who they're looking to reach. Once we find out who those are, we then craft a multi-platform strategy that, that could include anywhere from two to maybe five offerings or tactics. But ultimately mm -hmm. it all comes back to the core, which never changes no matter what. It's find the objective, find the target audience for that objective, and then craft the strategy around that using some of our targeting. The tactics just kind of fall in line based off of industry, based off of objective, based on need. So while it's not cookie cutter, we start at that base foundation. And then the tactics are, I don't want to say secondary, because that almost makes them seem less important than they are, but they truly are a backseat to establishing the most important thing, which is who the heck do you want to reach and why? I'd love that both of our guests are all about that consultative and how you get to know what the needs are is very, very critical and important. Joe, let's continue with you for a minute. And I always want to lean in when I ask a question like this, and I'm definitely going to lean in on this one. Do you have any focus on creating digital opportunities that you control so you can grow your profit margin? Hugely. Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to one of those, those first answers. We have two key streams, right? We have that programmatic, which at the end of the day, you're always going to pass through some dollars to get those ads placed. And again, it doesn't matter whether that's display, video, et cetera. You're always giving a piece of the pie to somebody else in order to get those ads placed. So while that's important, because that's how we can really expand our reach, we also have that hyper-focused local digital push. And that's that O&O, &O, like I talked about, owned and operated. So we look at how we can leverage listeners and our DJs. So one of the things that we've been focused on is taking the classic DJ endorsement, right? The DJ endorsement on air, talking about the car, talking about the products that they love and finding a way to make that 2023, 2024, right? Getting social mm -hmm. posts involved, making sure that it is a multi-platform endorsement and leveraging not just the station social reach, 
but also the individuals when they're willing to play ball. And we have great talent that want our clients to succeed. So they go above and beyond and they don't just post on the station socials. They're posting about on their own to make sure it works. So that's one of the areas that's been uh, really important and helpful for us. But overall, anything that the radio stations own when it comes to a listener face tactic, we make sure that we never take our eyes off of that because they're the less sexy things, right? Radio streaming, station web banners. They've been around for a long time, but they're still really key to us because our margins are so much higher on those. So we hyper-focus on those local, and then we use those programmatic strategies to expand our reach outside of the market as well. Interesting, Joe. Thank you. What about you, Shar? Does your team have locally created digital opportunities that allow you to control more of the profit center? Um, yeah. So I think Joe and I are kind of working off the same handbook here. Um, we have a team of sellers that are out in the field and they present, uh, they get the CNAs, right? So we talked about the findings analysis and then they bring it back and they work with the strategy team. And the strategy team is the one who reaches out to the influencers and says, hey, we have a client who wants to offer um, teeth straightening. Does anybody want to promote teeth straightening? So what we're currently reassessing is what we charge for those services because if we compare ourselves to influencers out there, I mean, influencers are getting five to eight hundred dollars per social post. You know, our prior rates might have been two hundred dollars, and we're like, well, if someone who doesn't have a radio station behind them is able to garner five hundred dollars per social post, I think we really need to look at what our rates are in that space. Um, again, video is something that we've added into it where they can do the endorsement, they can be there, they can talk about what's happening with their experience with the um, product. One of our objectives is that our influencers have to believe in the product so they don't say yes to every opportunity that comes across their their doorstep. They want to only work with things that they truly can feel passionate about. So um, influencers is the big area where we can own and operate that um, digital opportunity. And then we've started, like I said, going down the video pathway. We work with local videographers. We have some videography services on staff, but we've reached out to videographers in the community who are very strong and it allows us to compete against the TV stations where we find the production with the TV stations is is pretty standard. It's not strong storytelling. So we can compete against them because we're going to produce a higher quality product and then we can distribute it through programmatic. Interesting. Joe, how about delivering the goods in the digital space? How does the performance, what does it look like? How well do your customers really understand how it works and why it works? I'll address the first part. Um, I think it depends on the tactics and ultimately the strategy that are used. So we use a combination of things depending on what we're doing. So we have a database form of marketing, for example, where we're targeting real names from our database. So in that case, we might be using that when a client wants and des describes that they want something that is a oh, real attribution. I work with all these companies, nothing's measurable. How do I know it works? All right, let's use our database form of marketing. We'll use matchbacks of real names that we're targeting against your client's CRM system. There's one-to-one -one attribution model. Not every client wants that. Not every industry needs that. There's different objectives. So we're also using things like website trafficking. Uh, so we're looking at you know Google Analytics 4 and we're seeing, hey, what is a web page traffic to 
compared to before campaign, if we've set that as a success criteria, we might be looking at call tracking, form fills. That's just a few of the most popular ones. It always comes down to before a campaign launches, establishing the success criteria and agreeing to it with the client so that every time we're checking in, we're playing the same game. Hey, you guys wanted attribution? Let's see how many names match your CRM on new customers this month. Hey, you guys wanted a 10% increase on website traffic? Great, let's run a GA4 report for you and check in. I think the problem is that so many clients, when we ask them what they want to see to prove that their campaign was a success, they go right to the bottom line, right? They're like, increase sales, increase foot traffic, more revenue. We get that. Of course, that's the ultimate goal. Our job and what I try to coach my sellers is you need to find that middle step where it's going to help us lead to the bottom line. Of course, we want to help them increase sales. Of course, we want more foot traffic depending on the stores or the types of business. But at the end of the day, that's really hard for us to measure until it's already happened. Nobody wants to go to a client and say, did you get more sales this month? Is it working? Because you've lost all sense of control. So what we do is we try to set success criteria that is measurable. That might not be the final bottom line that a client wants, but it's going to be something that will lead to the success and that we can all agree to. If we're getting this, we're more likely to get increased sales. So we need to make sure this benchmark is hit to lead to potential success. So that's, that's kind of what we're doing as to how well our customers understand how it works. Thirds personally, you know, about 30% have zero clue, 30% kind of are dangerous enough to talk about, and 30% are really well versed. Our job is to figure out where they kind of fall in that spectrum and meet them where they're at, whether it's educating them from the ground up or whether it's talking a high level conversation with them. Or what's the experience that your sellers see most often? Do customers understand the inner workings and why it works? And secondarily, how do you judge performance of digital and manage the expectations of the clients? Um, so sometimes, sure, of course we have, we tend to be focusing on customers. Our primary customer is someone who is probably owned and operated, might have one marketing person. Um, a smaller company is our core customer. And so what we work from is their total sales. And then we talk about their spending and that we need 60% of their spending to be in branding and 40% to be in lead gen. And then we work really hard to make sure their lead gen tactics are working in much of the same ways of checking website traffic, checking form fills, making sure that um, their offer is compelling. A big place where we can help people is form fills because of the forms that they want people to fill out tend to be excessively overcomplicated so that they're not going to receive the leads that they want because their customer journey is poor. Um, so we spend a good amount of time assessing customer journeys and improving that customer journey. And it, it's it's part of their SEO, right? It's part of improving the user experience. So we spend a good amount of time, yes, looking at traffic and analyzing what's being filled out, but how easy is it for those customers to go through that journey is another part of the um, the customer value journey that we focus on. Oh, the experience, making the experience really, that experience is so important. Joe, this is a, this is kind of a tougher ask because you, you kind of touched on this about customers. You know, the, you didn't say, I don't think you said 33 and a third, 33 and a third and 33 and a third, but listen, you know, that different companies, different radio stations are in different places as well. If a station or a group is late to the party on digital services, 
what advice would you give them about how to get started and where to get started? Definitely difficult question so far because there's so many companies that can offer. If you haven't even gotten started, it can feel overwhelming, right? But it's a defeatist attitude if you don't try somewhere. So my advice for a situation like that is to talk to your clients. And even if you can't offer anything currently digitally, or you're not even sure what that means, just ask the simple questions of what are you looking for in a partner that serves digital advertising? What are you looking for in a digital partner? And figure out what your local clients that you already partner with doing radio, in this case, of course, doing radio, what are they looking for? Find that out and go see if you can craft some solutions based on the common answers. I think you have to kind of figure out what your USP is, right? Like what's your unique selling point going to be? You got to do some market research. What are my chief competitors serving digitally? Because I don't just want to mirror that. I want to do something different or better. So it's it's a hard ask that you have to almost work from what you know, which is your relationships in the market with your clients and go find out firsthand what they're looking for, where they feel like there's a need and see what you can do to partner or find partnerships or create strategies that you can actually serve to fill those needs so you can get jump started with some built-in business based off of simply having conversations, which is what we should all be doing and what we should all do best anyway. I heard that's a thing. Shar, uh, <laughs> what about you? Do you have recommendations for people who are looking to develop uh, new services to uh, get yeah. in the game right now? Sure. So, um, for example, with programmatic, there's a lot of vendors that you can work with out there, and we've found when you work with a vendor and you talk to them about what you need, uh, very often a sales assistant can facilitate digital orders. So we currently work with Ed Celerant as a programmatic partner, and we switched to them because our previous programmatic partner required us to have a large internal digital team. And working with Ed Celerant, we found that we really just needed someone with, um, you know, an account coordinator or a sales assistant level of training and that we could rely on the vendor to help our team input the campaign. So the vendors have made it easy for you to do business with them. They don't want to make it difficult. Additionally, so now that if people are going to use with programmatic vendors that are somewhat similar in scope and aspect, what we've added to our equation is with our client needs analysis and um, discoveries, we are offering a service where our customers can pay $2,000 for the client needs analysis, and we'll give them a set of assets. We'll give them storyboarding. We'll give them headlines. We'll give them, um, we call it our bricks and mortar strategy, right? Like the mortar is what you need to have in every single ad and your bricks are your different stories that you need to tell. All of that takes a good amount of work and we find that people are willing to invest a couple thousand dollars to get a playbook that they can work with in any tactic that they would use. Now, if they take the playbook and use another marketing firm, that's fine that they have that opportunity. But we find most often that they come back and work with us because they like the experience they're having with our team. So that's where we, um, yes, we have digital tactics, but we don't have 30 or 40 people in our digital marketing department. So we've really leaned into vendors to help us um, scale up. 
I hope everybody heard that thing about customer needs analysis. Not just that they do that, not just that they charge $2,000. They're not afraid to do that, but that they are giving real value to the customer there. Joe, listen, many legacy sellers can really struggle with the digital conversation. You know it. I know it. Other people know it. What are you doing to bridge the educational divide in selling digital services? There are so many things that our sellers can sell and so many tools in their toolkit that for me to keep digital top of mind for them, it's about consistent training and, and really consistent conversations amongst the team. So before I took the job, one of my asks, really one of my demands, I guess, was I'm not becoming you know, a digital sales manager for, for who I currently work for now. I wasn't taking the job unless I could be guaranteed every week my own internal team huddle where all we're talking about is digital sales. I get to pick the criteria. And we're leading it because I feel like with everything at their disposal and what they all seem to know best is what they started in the industry, radio. So I needed the chance to really have digital be at the forefront and be on their mind every week with consistent trainings, collaborative kind of sessions, and the chance to learn together, right? Because it's constant education. Right. It's not that radio doesn't change. There have been changes, of course. It doesn't change at the pace that digital can change at. So I feel like we need to be in front of our people all the time, which is why consistent training, consistent conversation is so important to me. We do it every week. It's a required meeting. And we make sure that our sellers are getting value out of it and that they're understanding the take-home value at the end of the day of selling digital with radio as multi-platform solutions. So that at the end of the day, my, my job is to educate them, but truly to keep reminding them, you can make more money helping your clients succeed. And you'll do that when you use multiple platforms and don't limit yourself to just radio. So that's been super important for us is just staying in front of it because at the end of the day, top of mind for our clients, and we always say top of mind for for customers, I got to be top of mind with my sellers so that they never forget about all the different ways they can serve their clients uh, through a lot of platforms, including digital and radio. Sure. I think most, uh, as I, as uh, Lloyd said, most legacy sellers do struggle with that. I think there's an LED scroll that goes across their forehead that says, please don't ask me any questions about this topic uh, when the topic of digital comes up. How do you get those that struggle over the top? I love this question. So we changed our sales model in 2019. And what we did is I talk about having our sellers doing a client needs analysis, right? So they are great at asking questions. They're consultants. They are trying to figure out, and there's a form that we have them um, fill out. And we built that with a marketing partner, who, a training company called NaviQuest. And it's their CNA. And we train everybody on the CNA. And then we have a second group of people who are marketers. And we've hired them into our company because they love marketing and they love clients, but they don't want to do any cold calling. So we partner the sellers up with the strategy team. The strategy team is more educated and informed in most cases about the digital tactics. So they can come in and look at the situation from a holistic approach and make those recommendations. Now to uh, Joe's point, we do also have training every Monday that I do. And it's, it's 20 to 25 minutes. And our objective every Monday is to learn one thing. If everybody can learn one thing on Monday, then we're all really happy. Um, so we've broken it down into more bite-sized pieces for folks. So that's health, 
Um, the strategist can go in field on sales calls in addition to a manager. And often they build a relationship. And so they might prefer to take a strategist out on sales calls rather than a manager. That's a win for me because now they've built an alliance. They have a partnership. They're solving problems together. And um, we're making strong recommendations for our clients. So we've, we've made several changes to help our sellers um, overcome that gap. So now, Joe, I get to shift the shift the gears a little bit. I want to know, have you found customer acumen better or worse in the digital age? So to be more specific, do small and medium sized business owners kind of consider themselves digitally savvy or are they just as confused about digital as they are about other forms of advertising? you're going to appreciate this, Lloyd. I'm going back to my rule of thirds here. Uh, I think ah. I think we see a blend again and it, it seems to always be even there's 30 percent who will just admit openly i don't know what i'm doing why do you think we're talking right we love those by the mm -hmm. way we love setting up that foundational and being an educational resource for them when we find those those are home runs for us we know that we can potentially if we do it the right way as Shar has even mentioned a number of times you know do the cna make sure that we aren't overlooking opportunities and we're finding their pain points we can help Boy, we can work with those clients for five, 10, infinity years because we can build them up and be that resource that they learn how to understand enough of this for to get by. We have 30% who will say, hey, I'm dangerous enough. I know what I can do. Don't try to sneak anything by me, but, but you know, uh, tell me again what this is. And then we have 30% who truly don't just consider themselves advanced. They are. They want to talk to someone who can do the sorts of things that they know are available. They just don't have the bandwidth or know how to do themselves. Those are the most challenging, obviously. But to me, they're the most rewarding. And that's kind of why I'm in place, at least on a local level. And, and Cumulus, uh, I can't take credit, has done a great job, in my opinion, in that they always have a local digital sales manager or, or specialist that can have those tough conversations that are with those those third, you know, those 30%, 33% of, of the individuals that can talk the talk. They just need someone who can walk the walk with them. So I do think it's a big mix. And depending on where these people are at, we have to meet them there and take a step back and make sure that we're not just speaking the same message every time. We're taking a step down to those foundational conversations for the people who need them. We're advancing their education and their knowledge when they're in that middle group. Or we're really talking the talk and walking the walk with those who just are looking for that digitally savvy partner. Um, and sometimes with radio, that's one of the biggest, I think, hurdles to overcome is we can be pigeonholed into, oh, you're radio sellers, you're a radio company. What do you know about digital? Um, and that's my challenge every day is to make sure our sellers are well-versed enough that they're not getting laughed out of the building and can go talk talk enough to bring in somebody um, like myself to to really take over from there and dive even deeper with our clients uh, to develop some digital strategies that work for them. Or you must see business owners who think they know and then maybe some in the middle and then some that are just, you know, big question mark over their forehead. What does your team see and then how do you train sellers to help those business owners? Well, it's much like Joe's philosophy, right? They were going to send in a partner to help them. They love having an expert in field. Um, we also provide training for our customers as well as our sales reps where we do uh, six events a year, um, two half-day events where we invite customers to come in as well as our sales team, of course. And we train them on how to make assessments and how to read reports and what should they be looking for. So we found that to be quite valuable because now we're all on the same page and using the same language. 
And then we have smaller events that occur maybe a three to five in the afternoon where we'll bring in an expert and we invite our customers to be a part of that conversation and they can just be curious. So that's when we are able to take people who are more novice, they become interested in learning more about a particular tactic. Tactics are very appealing to clients because they love to understand something that's going to solve all their problems. The benefit of inviting them to do a marketing event is then they get to hear the pros and the cons of all of the tactics um, as we go through our kind of training series in the year. So that's one of the tools that we use to help improve the education of our customers. Of course, we do have some who are very sophisticated and, um, you know, some people, they don't need our services, right? We're not the perfect marketing firm for them. And that's okay too. And I think Part of it for us and for a lot of marketing, we consider ourselves a marketing firm, is figuring out who is your ideal customer. What's Who's the customer that you're really going to help and that you guys are going to have a positive relationship? So for us, it's about identifying our customer avatar. And our customer avatar tends to be um, novice or educated, but not expert level. Because if they're expert level, they probably are, are doing everything they need to do and, and they're doing it well. So we don't we don't necessarily focus on expert level uh, digital clients. We, we're focusing on the bottom um, two thirds of the of the funnel. I love that. You're you're just like we are looking for customers that we can help. And Joe, you said this a couple of times already. You said we meet them where they are. I love that phrase. And I love that you've said it a couple of times. It's kind of like a theme. Joe, what is unique about your sales approach that differentiates your team from everyone else selling similar products in the marketplace? I think we've gotten to the point with the majority of my, my team of sellers where we are proactively identifying what I'll refer to as whales right? Big potential prospects that have a lot of spending power. And specifically, we're not limiting ourselves to our local radio market or radius. So when we're looking for these, we're looking for clients that have a central decision maker that might be in charge of multiple locations. And we don't care if only one of those locations is local and 30 of them are in different states out of our radio range. We're looking for those. So while our radio you know, a strategy is focused primarily on those big local businesses that we can help. We're looking at digital in a completely different way where we're trying to open our mindset. And that's my goal with the team is, guys, this is limitless. Like you can do this anywhere. You can help somebody anywhere. So I've asked them and what were our big push really um, over the last year and, and truly heavily in 2024 is go work the one or two or three industries that you're strongest in, that you can talk the talk and you feel good about and go prospect them outside of the market. Go find anybody in those industries anywhere that you think you can help and go work your sales process there. I don't think every radio company or team is doing that. I think there's a limited mindset that we place in ourselves because of the limited nature of terrestrial radio signal where it only reaches so far, we think we're limited to there. And with digital, you gotta remember, it can happen anywhere. And we've had some really fun successes where somebody drew on a relationship or established a new one, and they discovered through smart, targeted prospecting, the types of clients that, again, I call whales, just for my purposes, that are big, that are not limited to the market. And then we go customize solutions for them. So that's really the thing that we focus on. And 
we think we do a better job than, than most of our competition. Char, how do you do it in Madison? How do you help your sellers position themselves differently than others who are in the digital space that you run into? Sure. So what we do is after people are trained and they get out on the streets and they do a, a you know a couple months out on the job and they, they figure things out, um, we do the avatar exercise with them and we figure out who is your ideal customer? Who do you want to go after? And for example, our top sellers, ideal customer is a man. He's 40 years old. He owns and operates his own business and he does not have a marketing person because she wants to be the marketing person for that business. Um, and like she'll get as specific as what type of publications that he would read and really defines who she wants to go after. I have another person who specializes in agriculture sales and she knows everything about agriculture and that's all she works with is completely focused on agriculture clients. Now she can sell them any tech that she wants, but she knows who her customer avatar is. So that helps us when we do get leads that come in, we can identify who is the best person for this customer, who do these reps want to work with and who are they going to be successful with? So that's our goal with each of our sales team is we try to figure out who their ideal customer is and, and constantly refining that. So that really helps us to be experts and specialists in their chosen area of focus and that it helps them with prospecting. Um, it's And they're having better relationships with their clients as a result of the strategy and they're more, more successful. Okay, well, let's talk uh, kind of competitors, right? What kind of competitor is radio's strongest competitors in the digital space, or is it is it just everybody? This is a tough one because I mean everyone can sell, right? Like everyone, yeah. I feel like can sell any more digital. So depending on the market, there might be a different answer. I always find it most difficult personally for like niche agencies, ones that are super specific to one industry. So like an auto specific agency or a healthcare or a higher ed, because when that's all you do. Well, you better darn be the best at it. And typically they're they're very good at that. Whereas radio by nature, we're kind of pursuing a broader book of customers in various industries. While we think we do a great job, there's going to be potentially a little bit of a difference there from somebody who's focused their entire business model on one category or one vertical, whereas we are going after multiple. So those are certainly tough for us. Um, and I think sometimes uh, sometimes the biggest competitor is is just the clients themselves. I think Shar mentioned this and it's it's dead on when you have clients that that think they know it all. When they mm -hmm. do, that's great. And sometimes we avoid those. But when they don't know it all, but they think they do, we want to try to help them. And sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze. But sometimes mm -hmm. when we say the right things, we work again the sales process the right way, um, they end up being our, our most rewarding wins. And that's why we don't always give up on, on that third that I mentioned, the upper echelon. We try to spend too much time on them. But uh, there are certain ones when we identify that we think that they are missing a key cog that we can in for them, we still are open to those conversations um, because they're their own worst enemy. And we think that we might be able to help fill in a gap for them to take what they do well and make it even better. So uh, just kind of two answers there, but I think niche agencies and sometimes uh, clients themselves who think they know more than they do are, are certainly um, competitors that we have to be mindful of. Sure. It seems that you, uh, your team has carved out your niche based on your you know, profile of the ideal customer. Now, do you have competitors in that space that you bump into a lot? And if you do, how do you recommend your sellers deal with it? 
Um, so of course we run into competitors. One of the things that we have done is we have, uh, really taken a marketing approach to our website. And I know there are a lot of media companies who have done this, but then there's a lot of media companies who have not. So we have a ton of content on our website that talks about answers questions. We have a lot of blogs on our website. So that really helps to differentiate us from our competitors, which I find in Madison. We have a lot of competitors and some of them are doing a great job and they're educating customers and they're talking about the whole journey. Many of them are not. They're not worried about the branding. They just want to put a display ad out there. And and that's just as ineffective as running a billboard with too many words on it. Right. So being more thoughtful about their creative strategy is where we are really trying to carve out our own niche as storytellers. So in the Madison marketplace, yes, there's a couple competitors, elite agencies that are going to go toe to toe with us. But what we're finding is that we're getting in that conversation more consistently um, with those advanced storytelling customers. So it's been exciting for us to be at the table and competing against agencies that used to be just our customer. Sure. Can you, you give us that actual dot com? Because I spent some time on that website this afternoon. I can tell you that's that's worth looking at. Thank you. Yeah. MidwestFamilyMadison.com is where we have all of our resources. And it's great. You can download um, you know, marketing books, marketing planning books, resource guides. Um, there's a just a plethora of content on our website, including blogs, but downloadables as well. And what this has really helped us to do, because we have since COVID a smaller sales team, as I'm sure a lot of folks do. So we're using the power of our website to be one or two salespeople. And it's been really dynamically exciting to see, for example, a couple of our sellers went to a home expo this weekend, old school, cold calling tactics, went to the home expo, met some people, handed out the business card. Then they came into our website. We're seeing them come in um, in the days following and they're downloading content. So now they really have a talking point to call that customer back and say, hey, I noticed you downloaded the marketing playbook. Is that something that, you know, do you have some questions about that? Can we get together, spend 15 minutes talking about how this playbook could be a resource for you this year? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been a tremendous game changer to have our website um, uploaded with content and downloadable tools for our customers. Now we really go have some fun. Joe, does your team do client and potential client face digital seminars in your market? If so, how do you recommend that best be done? Lord, I know you hate when I do this. I'm going to take 20 seconds to go off books. I just want to say what I heard from Char there was, was so fascinating to me because oh, no, they're, that's practicing good. What they, they're practicing what they preach, right? You, yes. are, you, you have an online presence that you're telling your clients you can help them with. That is doing the job of what you want it to do. And I think radio stations need to listen up to that. Take a hard look at your websites, which we always think are, oh, just for the listeners and figure out a way to make them work for us as sales machines too. I apologize. I just, that was, that no, was very fascinating. You're, I want you're to spot know on. That, if you're not, you're not selling look, via your website, you you're wasting a platform. Yeah. And our, and our Midwest Family Madison website is completely separate from our audio brand. So we have all the audio brands. They have their own presence. 
and it's absolutely fantastic. But the Midwest Family Madison is our is for sales and marketing. All right, sorry, so Lloyd. Back to your question. I apologize. I, I definitely I just, want I, to shift back to, to this idea. Yeah, yeah. So the potential client-facing digital seminars. I got to be honest with you. We haven't done any to date yet. And it's because of potential limited thinking on my behalf. I'll own that. I believe so much in the power of one-to-one meetings and that they outweigh, um, you know, trying to speak to the masses. But mm-hmm. I will say I become more open to it because at some point you got to scale, right? And as much as I believe in our sellers and our team of, of sellers that do business one-to-one and go out in the marketplace and have those CNAs and work the sales process, at some point it's a numbers game. And we just are running into a scale problem where if we want to keep growing at the rate we want to grow, we're going to have to venture in this space. So it's funny that you had this question because we've been planning one. We just haven't executed one. So I'm going to have to offline, Lori, get back to you and, and make my recommendations in a few, uh, I don't know, maybe a few months after we've conducted. I wouldn't feel right sharing a recommendation without successfully doing one or falling flat in our face. So either way, you'll get the juicy story that, that you can share if you please. But it's definitely something I will answer this way. I think we have to consider it in the business because at some point, we're going to run the scale problems. And that's exactly the issue we're running to in Allentown, where we feel like we're doing so well, but now we're starting to plateau with just a pure numbers game. So we're definitely exploring the possibility. And I look forward to connecting with you offline and, and sharing the success or failure of that in the, in the coming months. Excellent. Sure, it sounds like you have a variety of different uh, client outreach uh, in the group setting, uh, activities planned and in, in concert with everything else that you're doing. Um, yeah. How do you manage all of that? Yeah, so great question. So we partner, right? We um, started with the Brandsformation system and, and Chuck Metford and that crew. And we did that for many years. And then we did it for enough years that our clients were like, I've already been to Brandsformation seminars. So now we have a new partner, which is called NaviQuest. And you can look them up at NaviQuest.com. And they will come in and do a two and a half hour seminar and you think, oh my gosh, nobody's going to sit through two and a half hours. I can tell you they don't leave the two and a half hour seminar because it's so good. Um, so we, uh, we do do a sales contest and the sales rep who uh, is able to sell the most off of the seminar and you have to have pre-qualifying of 10 guests in attendance. They do get a cash bonus for that. Um, and so our last seminar last October was our most successful. We had over a hundred people present. After that, the call to action is you can have a meeting with an expert and we can go through your customer journey. We can help you with storytelling and we have a limited opportunity to have those sessions. We usually offer 20 to 30 sessions. And right now we're, we're just kind of wrapping that up and we have about a half a million dollars in brand new business as a result of that seminar. So leading into it, it is a, a lot of work to get people to that event because you have to convince them that it's very important and they have to come and they have to invest their time. But they love the seminar so much that we get client testimonials as people are leaving the seminar on the value that they received from it. Um, the select group of individuals who didn't receive value are the ones who might have been to our seminar um, two or three or four years in a row. So they're like, oh, yes, I remember this. But that would be the minority. Um, the majority of people loved how we paid attention to them and that we're investing in our customers. So 
Joe, I can definitely help you learn more about it. I think we've got it um, pretty dialed in on, on how to get this seminar to be effective for your team and your customers. Love it. Joe, for you and your operations, what does the immediate future look like for your combined digital and broadcast operations? For us, it's pretty clear that digital is our growth vehicle. We really are looking to maintain our radio portfolio. I know that might sound, I don't know, negative, but we project radio as flat to maybe slight gains. Digital is where we want to grow. So if we can maintain our local radio and truly just maintain where we're at by managing the attrition and filling in the gaps with new business, we look at digital as it's only up from here. Um, it would be a big issue if our digital ever went down year over year for us, because that is truly the area of growth where we feel like we can have the most gains. It's just our challenge to maintain the local radio so that all of the gains we make digitally, <clears throat> excuse me, aren't offset uh, by losses in local radio. So we truly look to maintain that and use digital to grow. And that's something that was very successful for us the last three years. And we're looking to continue that success into 2024 here. Sure. Advertising success does not exist in a vacuum. Um, how well would you say your customers are trained in the attribution side of advertising so that both strategy and tactics get the proper credit for their own success? I think it's important for us to train people and train our customers on what they should expect. Um, it's a, I was just on a call today with a customer who's really excited about what they've been buying for the last year. And I asked them how it's performing and you know what are their analytics and they don't receive reporting from the competitors. So, um, you know, showing them that having reporting, having constant communication is important. So for us, a lot of the times it's us providing information and showing people what that reporting means and, and how they can get value out of that reporting. Um, so you do have some customers that are, they're, fan, they're fantastic. They're excellent at it. They are waiting for the reporting. And they're digital experts. And more of our customers are pivoting to, to that space where they do know what they should be looking for and they know how it works. Um, we're def definitely seeing a, a massive shift in customer base as um, younger professionals are taking over family businesses. So that's exciting to see that you can have a more robust conversation with them as well. Nice. Joe, how about you? Uh, how well are your customers trained in the attribution side of advertising? I think more often than not, they're focused on bottom line results. Like a lot of business owners are. So because we're working with so many local business owners and operators, they're just looking at, I put money into advertising, put money into marketing, did it lead to more sales? Um, and oftentimes they want it right now or yesterday. So our goal is always to make sure that, again, we take a step back with them. And before a campaign even launches, we, we set that success criteria so that we know what metrics lead to the bottom line that they care about so much so that we give ourselves the best chance of trending towards what they define success as. So we're always looking for what is it that leads your customer through the journey that we can track to make sure that we're not losing them along the way before they get to that bottom line. Of course, you need the bottom line, you know, Mr. 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 and Mrs. Advertiser. But then at the end of the day, how do we get to that bottom line? So that's what we really focus on with our advertisers is actually educating them um, on the attribution side and what we have found to look for um, in various industries and various objectives to get them to what they care about, which is 
making more profit, getting more customers. We know that's the, the, the end game. Our job is to get them to see how we get to the end game. We always make sure we set that at the onset. And it just goes back to really what we talked about a number of times now, which is educating the clients, being a resource and a partner with them, not just a rep, not just you know a seller, not just a third party. Nice. Chris Fleming, look, we're about to ask our guest about a specific sales opportunity or idea to help local sellers increase their sales in this quarter or their digital sales in this quarter. Can you give us an idea of something you might recommend to boost revenue in Q1? Because I'd like to point out that Chris is not just one of these consultants that kind of sits up and gives recommendations. He's actually working in the field as well. Yeah, so I certainly OTT is a growing platform for everybody. Uh, a lot of the streaming services are now going to add supported models. So it opens up more inventory and quality programming, which gives more opportunity. But if we look at what continues to take 20 plus percent of all advertising dollars in each marketplace, it's still direct mail and it irritates me. But the combat for this tactic is in our toolbox and it's targeted email. Email is ubiquitous. Right? Even my 79-year-old father has email. Now, he doesn't always read it, but he has it. Right? He recognizes, he knows what it is. With a good targeted email partner, you could create a universe of like-minded users and deliver something with the efficiency that's four to eight times higher than direct mail at a quarter of the cost. If I'm out trying to get business in the first quarter, I'm going after direct mail clients with targeted email com- campaigns, which, by the way, I can create a lot of profit in that because it's a hard cost to deliver 50,000, 100,000 drops, but I can charge whatever I want in the marketplace because the direct mail cost is so astronomical. Joe, you have a great passion for digital sales, sales in general, and ideas. Can you share an idea or strategy that could help a local seller this quarter increase their revenue this quarter? I'm going to take it back to the basics because I think sometimes we all forget about that. I mean, imagine, Lloyd, if in every single, without exception, CNA that your sellers do or that you as a seller do, you ask a variation of of one simple question, something like, what are you doing to advertise digitally to your target audience? Seems simple, right? But how many times, I can't tell you how many times I sat in on, on a CNA in a listen mode with one of my sellers who... I feel like knows what they're doing and they're educated and they blow right past asking any simple question about digital. We get to the end and we have no idea what the opportunities are. Um, it's not a tactic, it's not a strategy, taking it back to the basics. We need to ask each and every prospect, each and every client we talk to what they're doing and open up a digital conversation, sit back, listen after you ask that question and then really ask educated follow-up questions. Even if the answer is, oh, we do all that. That's great, what that entail. We've got to keep the conversation flowing with our clients, and it has to be every single one. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had the reverse happen, where one of my sellers does a great job, and they uncover an opportunity from what seems like nothing because they're just having the conversation. I think that's the number one thing. It's not sexy. It's not cool. But it needs to happen in every single one. That and Lloyd, I think they need to subscribe for free to the uh, Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How about that? (laughs) Nice. Thanks for the shameless free plug. Yeah, Shark, could you uh, share an idea with us that would help local sellers in Q1? 
Yeah, I will. So what we've really been watching and something that was really emerging is events. People want to host events again. They want to bring people into their business space. They want to be a part of events. They want to collaborate with events, but sometimes they have a smaller team. So that's where we can work with um, everything that we offer, right? We can actually help them on the radio landscape because events is what radio really got its start from. And we can jump in and do some of the work for them when they have a smaller team. We can bring videographers on site. We can do photography. Um, We can work with partners as far as food goes. But yeah, events seems to be... um, a place where people uh they used to do events and they had a large team and now they want to participate in an event or they want to do some sort of community collaboration but they just don't have the big team that they used to and they want to partner with somebody so they can get some exposure out in the community so it's been interesting that um like i said in the burl study they I really watched them and they really talked about events re-emerging and it's come up in conversations the last couple of weeks where people want to know, help me participate in events because I don't have that big staff anymore. So I would say try events. If you're just catching on to what we're doing, either in our social media or by listening on demand with the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, this process is designed for you. Our Q2 radio sales event, yes, there's going to be more. It's coming April 11th, 2024. And as you can see, we like to be armed with on-the-ground market managers, sales managers, sometimes sellers who participate in our roundtable during these events. That is all about having those who are actually doing the work of growing sales right now share their tips, inside advice, and ideas to move your revenue ahead. You might ask, how do we select these experts? It all starts with somebody just like you. Nominate your pick to be our guest sales expert at our next quarterly sales event. It's not set yet, except the date. This podcast isn't about us. It is actually about everyone. So we want to be an encouragement to you. By the way, you can just email your uh person that you think would be good for this and their contact information to FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. Thank you for listening to this exclusive sales episode. Please don't take what we're doing for granted. Do us a favor, share this podcast episode, Digital Profit and You with sales managers, market managers, local radio owners, and sellers that you know. Right. And look, On the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, our entire purpose is to encourage you. You can see that this isn't just a client-only event. In other words, we're opening ourselves up to the entire industry. Our goal is to be helpful and encouraging to your career and your sales and your income. Every Sunday afternoon, we actually drop a fresh episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. It's always about the radio pro. Uh, in the United States or Canada. And of course, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is available on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast today. Chris, do you have any final questions for our roundtable? I do, I do. Char, no one knows the future, but we all like to look at what's happening around the country and share ideas, try to anticipate what's coming. Uh, What does the forecast look like for 2024 for you, for digital, for radio? 
So yeah, our growth is going to be in digital. Our market, um, unfortunately, has been showing um, radio sliding backwards. We have beaten the trend and we're holding consistent and we want to hold consistent moving forward. Um, so for us in Madison, Wisconsin, if you're holding consistent, you're you're beating the trend and you're actually growing by 10% radio. So our growth has come out of digital and we're seeing that happen in leaps and bounds. And we've added a digital specialist to our team. And that's made a tremendous difference where she goes out on calls, she helps people overcome challenges, and she works with our partners to make sure that we have the very best products available for our customers. So our growth will be in digital um, and we will continue to put our efforts and focus there. What about you, Joe? How do you think radio starts 2024 and digital? And, and what do you think we'll see this year? I'm pretty bullish on, on digital growth in the radio industry and quite frankly, everywhere. Um, I think similar to Shar, I like to follow, follow the Burrell and Associates, among other forecasts for local media. And various digital strategies always seem to be very high up on the list of growth areas. And we're seeing that, obviously, in our boots on the ground firsthand experience as well. So, I mean, Cumulus Media, to my knowledge, our overall goal, at least in 2023 for, for digital, was that it accounted for 20% of total local revenue. Um, the Allentown market uh, in, in PA, we were up 30% in 2023. We feel like we're off to a great start in the new year. It all comes back to embracing all the tools in our toolkit. There's so many different things we can do digitally, and we just got to keep working our sales process and remembering to search for those multi-platform solution opportunities for us in Cumulus. You know, that's radio and digital. Uh, digital accounts for, for so many different things. Our jobs is to find a way to make sure that it's the right fit for our clients to continue to grow. It, it is certainly the growth vehicle. We believe in radio. We don't think it's going anywhere, but we also believe in the power of digital to kind of take us to the next level. So we are continuing to focus with a growth mindset on digital as we maintain our, our tried and true radio into the new year here. I hope you can see how powerful this quarterly sales exclusive event can be. I encourage you again to please share this podcast with others in sales, sales management, or the executive level at your company. Chris, uh, I certainly want to thank you for helping us put this event together and sharing your expertise with us. Well, thank you for hosting. If you followed uh, what we've been doing over the past year or so, you know we both like to see other people succeed. So yes. if this event helps you this week, next week, this year, next year, we've done well. Uh, you can learn more from me in our weekly sales meeting, which is online at cdmediaconsulting.com, uh, available by podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, or you could uh, do me a favor and buy my latest book, which is 52 Weekly Sales Meetings. It's on amazon.com. I feel like these things can be helpful for sales managers, right? I remain excited about uh, to be doing this quarterly event with you, Chris, and looking forward to Q2 2024. Our event is going to be on April 11th, 2024. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we always share immediately in our social media. Uh, ultimately, however it makes your, its way to you, we want you to always remember we have over 140 plus other episodes. So when you subscribe on your smartphone, you're going to get this population of episodes and uh, it's going to be pretty educational for you. If you haven't subscribed on your smartphone yet because you've been catching these episodes through social media, subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast. A special thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast too. 
I'd like to thank our very special and gracious guest, Joe Brown, Regional Digital Sales Manager with Cumulus in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Shar Hermanson, Executive Vice President of Midwest Family in Madison, Wisconsin. Lloyd, as you mentioned, we have April 11th, 2024 for the next radio sales event on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. We are in the process of securing guests for our next roundtable. If you have a suggestion or would like to participate in a future event, you can reach out to Lloyd. He's F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Oh, yeah. Tell your friends our podcast is free and available on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. We can never forget to include this because we say it to clients and others all the time. We don't want it to be forgotten. Quote, once you have a radio station, you could get anything else you want. Unquote. If you want to know what the heck do I mean by that, please don't be shy. Call me. I'd love to share it with you for sure. Please remember this. If you remember nothing else from the encouragers, uh, be kinder. Then you have to be. Thank you for being a part of our Q1 radio exclusive sales event, which we do quarterly. That means you can come back on April 11th, 2024 for the Q2 radio sales event. The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Thanks again. Good selling. We wish you strong Q1.